Hello friends and welcome to episode 6 of The Mother Maker, an auditory tune-in for the creative mother. For those who don't know me, I'm Kat and I've made this podcast for those who are raising children and raising big visions, birthing babies and birthing businesses, those dancing between the mother mystic and the mother maker, moving with the surges of creative living, the poetry of our own lives, the mother maker is for the artists, the poets, the writers, the movers and shakers, the influencers and speakers and coaches and energy workers, for the community creators and homemakers, for the designers, photographers, for the entrepreneurs and business owners, for those who create and make intuitively, not as something that they do, but because it's who they are alongside motherhood. So in this episode, I chat to a beautiful friend of mine, Jenna Nguyen, a multi-creative mother of two little girls, and she runs a creative agency called Wild Folk Creative, where she is helping clients attune to their entity of their business and their creations, and then bringing those ideas from the ethers into the 3D world. Before this, she's had 10 or so years of experience in creative advertising and being a producer. And after being unsatisfied with aspects of the way, that way um, of pursuing her creativity, she moved into the space of human design and is now acknowledging her gifts as an intuitive creative channel. So Jenna and I chat about her journey through the mainstream creative industries and the lack of heart and leadership that she felt. We deep dive into ideas as entities and how to attune yourself to creative ideas, cultivate a relationship with them, be open to them, and be in communication with them before then bringing them into life. We chat about what to do if you have multiple creative ideas floating around and you're unsure which ones to put your time and energy into. We chat about ceremonial creativity and cultivating reverence. Um, for your creative process and how to nourish your nervous system and life outside of your creative pursuits because that's the very way you're able to hold yourself in your visions in the first place. We then move into human design and how your relationship with your ideas will be different depending on your own unique design type and how you relate to them. We chat about the gift of each design type in the world and how you can tweak your personal process to create a more fulfilling experience and flow of your creativity. And of course, so, so, so much more. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen. I've loved chatting to Jenna. It was really beautiful to have this talk this morning. Um, And I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. So please leave feedback if you can, whether it be a review um, on Spotify or comment on the promotional material on my Instagram of this podcast, which will be v.cat with a k dot river um or yeah just any feedback in my dms is fine as well so guys i'll leave all jenna's details in the show notes so that you can get in contact with her if you're vibing what she's speaking about but let's just get straight into it
Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back. I've got Jenna here, who is a wonderful, amazing mama of two little girls, Indian Willow, and is also a very much a creative. And I first met Jenna when we were at a event by Angela Gallo in Perth, 2019. Yeah, September, <laughs> October, 2019. One of those months. <laughs> one of those months, and I. I remember so specifically you had shared something um, there about because you'd been a producer in the past, having all these creative babies that you felt like you had and kind of as if when someone, let's say, comes in and uses one of your ideas or something, it's as if you're giving these babies away. And I just, that really stuck with me for a long time. And part of the reason I wanted to get you on today, because I know that you've got a really beautiful story and you've been working with creativity and ideas and entities of ideas and moving with all of that for literally years and years and years. Um, and it's, it's your specialty. So I, I would love to chat about that today. But I think maybe the first thing to start with, I guess, would be um, I would love for you to share a bit about who you are and your philosophy on life and motherhood and creativity and kind of your a bit about your story on where you've been and how you got to your point today. Oh, beautiful. Yes, I remember when we met, you came in and you were just pregnant with Rafi. Mm, yes I think I was like 19 weeks or something yeah you weren't even showing and you're wearing this beautiful lace bodice and he's like high-waisted pants and I was like oh my gosh you looked amazing <laughs> even when you did that piece of poetry in the front like I look back and I'm like we were babies but we were now, babies. now we're moms and it was just yeah I remember that moment it was it was wild because I feel like that for me was the, the starting point getting into a whole lot of um spiritual modalities that have now formed the way that I look at design and create creativity so a little bit about myself as you can hear I most probably have a little bit of Australian twang here and there but I'm South African and I'm originally from Johannesburg my family are all there I come from an engineering dad and an interior design mother so yeah there's a little bit of strategy and a little bit of creativity um, my mom owns a massive uh, interior design firm in South Africa and she does like kindergartens and Vodafone and yeah my sister works wow. so um, our house was always beautifully done and there was just so many sparks of creativity as kids like my mom always encouraged us to do paint like I was very very lucky that my creativity really flourished when I was younger and um, I went to uni and that was really interesting because I specialized in a really specific degree in advertising and uh, critical thinking and creativity. So a lot of brand design, design, etc. It was awesome. I loved it, but it really boxed me because mm. I kept comparing myself to all my peers because I used to paint with tea and do the most random things like fine artistry but it didn't get me the marks. So, and I was dating one of the boys that I'd known from seven years old and all of my stuff was always compared to his, um, which has been really interesting in my whole unraveling in the whole industry was um, I would hit a certain mark in um, a firm or an agency just below a male and there'd be this, this acknowledging and taking of my ideas. Like mm. what I was saying with Ange, like they would, I would give these babies away with no acknowledgement that I was the mother. Mm -hmm. And that was really big for me. And 
um, it built up a lot of resentment with the masculine in, in, um, in those places. And it just kind of started me on the back foot that I was like, okay, maybe this industry isn't for me anymore. Because when I became a mum, I remember shooting uh, Crown Casinos ads and Alinta Energy, like all these big kind of ads at three o'clock in the morning, eight months pregnant, running down these casino floors, making sure we would get the shots. And it was wild and fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so wild. And then I still look back and I'm just like, why were you shooting gambling ads? But, you know, you didn't really get this choice when you were in an agency. Mm. You kind of just had to go with whatever came. And when I was working with the quantum field and my intuition, lots of beautiful ideas would come through, but obviously they weren't at the elevation of massive consumerism and making money. It was more the heart of the, the brand would come through and it would be really hard during brainstorming sessions to just deviate entirely from the entity's being. Listen, I don't think Crown has a very big, very um, pure entity, but we work on beautiful things like breast cancer awareness, etc. And yeah, so that's kind of how I unraveled at uh, Visibility for Visionaries with Ange was, oh my goodness, I found human design and I was like, I'm going to just do human design and denied that whole creative space within me. And I was like, started a human design business created my website from scratch all my branding is just it's beautiful I was like that's just part of the skill set and then I'll never forget because I'm in um Brit's mastermind and we we're discussing my human design booklets because I was so attached to them and I was like they're so beautiful like is it the human design or is it the design that you're attached to mm. it was just this huge aha moment where I was just like, I've been denying this part of myself for two years that I am the creative, that I am the visionary, that I have these skill sets. Because, you know, as a manifesting generator, you have all these little tools in your toolkit and you're like, where the F are these going to all fit into my genius or where I'm meant to be going? And there was this big aha moment with Brett and I was like, she's like, it's not the human design that you're attached to. It's the process of creating an entity in the creative realm. And that is where the penny dropped. And I that's where Wild Folk Creative Agency was born mm-hmm. um, in January. And I've been in the industry for like 50, 13 to 15 years of shooting ads, designing. Um, I was a social media manager before even social media was a thing, like when Facebook <laughs> first came out. It was so wild, um, like doing ads for Patron and Monkey Shoulder. So I had a fair wild to early 20s partying and going to uh, cosmopolitan swimwear shoots and um, tweeting with like a little battery attached to me oh, while they were all in their swimsuits. It was, um, it was amazing, but there was something missing in my heart that whole time. Mm-hmm. It was just a... I don't even know how to explain it. It was like being a creative without any like heartistry, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. just being this turning mill of creation without it having any meaning or elevating the frequency of the world. Because that is my biggest surface is to create and be with brands and be with um, people and creatives to help elevate the frequency of the world. I'm not going to work on brands that are not going to do that. Mm. Work with people that are not doing that. And that's, I suppose, been the biggest, I suppose, like 
not scary, but it's very, this is what I'm here to do because my pa and I were chatting. He's like, well, why don't you work with this person and this person? And then I said to him, no, they're not doing, they're not doing that. So that's my biggest filter. It's like, if you're not elevating the frequency of the world in your genius and wholeheartedly in your genius, then I can't work with you. Mm. And that's okay. So yeah, because with, with the nature of your work, you're rendezvousing with people's the the entity of their brand right and so for anyone new here who maybe doesn't understand entities and ideas would you just be able to kind of dive into that real quickly and explain kind of your philosophy on a relationship with an idea or a business or a brand and what that is yeah perfect because we have ourselves we are an entity we have all of our components right like our hair our eyes the way we present ourselves, um, personality traits, soul traits. So you kind of look at yourself like a gene key as a human design. Like you, you have all these beautiful components that make you up. And then you've got your brand or your entity or your creation. And that itself, as much as we are, ta- like that was something I really had to break up with was, yes, I create these babies, but they're actually not mine to keep. They're not even mine. They just come through me. I'm the conduit. I'm the bridge. Mm. And that being as it sits separately outside of us, you know, it's you can't absorb it, it's not yours to absorb. And I think that's why sometimes artists can be taken really personally when you know maybe you'd potentially don't like something of theirs, is because it's it's so attached to them that they can't see themselves and they can't mm-hmm. see the entity. So what I do in terms of the entity is I go into the field of the creation through many processes but I I sit with people in a bonfire session and we open up the portal of the entity together and Mm. that means um, downloading the way that they talk the texture the way that they feel it's a lot if I could put it really simply simply it's intuitive channeling of an end a creation yeah you can have an idea of what you think it should look like and feel like and according to a strategy and a target audience which very old school where where I go into the field with you and I really download it also there's energetics and a frequency behind the thing that I'm creating mm-hmm. and seeing and, and and looking at from an outside perspective so mm. yeah it's been I, wild <laughs> I feel like that's such a um, reframe for a lot of people as well because like I've been relating to my ideas in a way that's separate from myself and as though you know like I don't know if anyone's read the book The Artist's Way or even um Big Magic by uh who's who wrote Big Magic I can't remember right this second ask me authors I'm the worst (laughs) but like the the whole philosophy that ideas are kind of just energies that are kind of floating around and when you align with an energy, it can come through you. You're like, Hey, I got this cool idea. Let's like ground it into the 3d and put it out into the world. And I believe that that's such a beautiful way of relating to these ideas. And then they're so unique because they have to come through your filter. The same idea could reach two people and they're going to be expressed completely differently. And so what you're speaking about with these bonfire sessions is this process that you're taking people through to connect with this idea and then let it reveal itself to them rather than being like, okay, well, what's my niche audience and what's this and what's that? And how do I squeeze this into this box of what business or creativity should look like rather than breaking the rules and being like, Hey, what if there's, what if 
There was no rule on how it could look. What if business could actually be however we wanted? What if creativity could be however we wanted? And then, and then that enmeshment can come from when we put so much of our own vulnerability into our creations. And then like, how, how do you even like, and even for you, like when, and you would have experienced this a lot in your production days, but even now when you're creating, how do you merge your vulnerability with your creation so that it feels fulfilling for you, but at the same time, you still create that separateness so that you have space for everything else in your life as well? Mm, that's such a good question. To be really honest, I've really um, practiced opening and close, and, you know, energy is such a big thing. And I don't want to sound, you know, like super spiritual in the way that I do my work, because there is a time where I close my computer and I just leave, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, I really know that it is not mine. Like, so when I enter the space, I always ask for the way that to reveal itself to me. And when I'm designing, there's, it's a clear channel. Like I'm channeling, like there'll be times where I'll design something up and I'm like, where, like I didn't scamp that. It didn't come from anything. It's just created. So there's that, it's just a channel. Like, it, and it's so, it's really distinct when I'm designing and I'm in it. And then when I'm finished, I can look at the design and I could be like, okay, cool. That's fine. And I literally close the portal. I um, sage my room every time that I finished a design. If I'm designing in my room, I sage the room to make sure that there's a very distinct, you like we like you guys were chatting with Brit the other day was we can't let our creation, the creation absolutely penetrate us. It's like, it has to be a very, I'm in a room, I'm going to dedicate this time to working with the creation now. But when I leave that door and I attend to my children, I want to be a hundred percent present with them. And that takes trial and error, right? There's so many, there's been times in the past where my nervous system has created so much anxiety because I haven't been sitting with a creation back in the day, old school days, where I would be on my phone until nine o'clock at nine o'clock at nine, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, chatting to a client about ideas. And then you wonder why you're burnt out. So one of the very big things that I know when there's separation between us is when my nervous system's able to hold myself and let go of the other thing. Mm-hmm. And that's taken a lot of trial and error and people pleasing that has had to stop because with kids there has to be a process of a beginning and an end Mm. right like you said like we say is like I can't dedicate all of my creation time when I've got a two-year-old a four-year-old and a 10-month-old running around like it just it just does not work Mm -hmm. so there has to be times where I'm so dedicated to the creation without children and that that often means a big boundary of okay this is when I will be with you and I'm not I'm not prepared to be overrun by a create a creation or a client especially mm-hmm. a client to get work done because I feel the pressure mm-hmm. and that's not of that is not from the that is not from the creative entity I know that's human right and that's where another point of the entity is creativity is not human it doesn't have it's not a human thing so like don't like attaching emotions or attaching um, outcomes to it. It's just like, I'm here when you're ready. I'll be received when you're ready. There's mm-hmm. no timelines. They don't, and they don't, they don't work with the 3d time that we work with. Mm-hmm. So there'll be times where like, um, for instance, I'm working on this beautiful um, human design hub with another beautiful um, mama 
and the the download just came so quickly because she's ready to go so when the the person that's received the creation and is holding the creation open-handedly gets the whole vision I then get it like it's really weird like if the field is mm. open with the person that's the bridge the conduit and I'm the bridge it's really fascinating to see it streaming in um, but really- it's like you've entered this contract with them like an energetic yes. contract of like it actually becomes this triad you know yes. tri- triad how do I say triad, triad. triad. <laughs> um where it's like yeah okay so you're going to be a voice they're going to be a channel you're going to become a channel and then there's the creative and I like what you said about how creativity isn't human but then we make it we humanize it right like that's our gift to creativity is that we can bring it into the 3d and bring um you know, art is supposed to be felt. So whether you be designing a beautiful website for someone, you want someone to land on that and feel something, or if it's in the words that we use, or if it's in a painting or poetry or through movement or or voice or whatever it is, it's designed to be felt. So it's so beautiful how as humans, we get to tap into the ethers of all this creative energy and then literally bring it down into this 3D world. Um, I would love to know, well, actually, let's just, let's break it down again. So say if I'm coming to you and I'm like, hey, I have no idea how to connect to my entities. I know like I get ideas here and there, but I want to get like a big, beautiful idea that I feel really inspired by. How do I even open up my own channel to get mm-hmm. to that point? How do I start liaising with ideas? How do I connect to that frequency? And then how do I bring them into the 3D? What would you say? Oh, Beautiful. Great question. <laughs> Firstly, I would say, are you enjoying life? Like, I feel like a lot of people that are wanting to tap into creativity are, there's so much pressure. Like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just go and be. I feel like you can, where I get a lot of downloads is in nature. Like, go for a walk. Let the mind, let go of the mind. I feel, you know, the mind tries to control the way that things are meant to come out and when we're meant to do them and very much in the 3D, right? So where can you go into a space where it's non-linear? And I know that's hard as, as mothers, right? It's like, how do I tap into my creativity as a mother? And the womb is such a beautiful space to start, as well like how can you tap into the the, your womb wisdom and that means getting insanely present and you know as mothers like that is something we potentially struggle to become as present so how can I practice being present for my for myself how can I practice being present with my body so really body connection I dance a lot I also do a lot of um uh like energy scooping where I I just it's so random like that would see me in a forest or sitting on a bench be like what the fuck are you doing I'm so wildly weird and I just I just literally I ask creativity to find me I just say whatever creation is in the same frequency in the same alignment just come and meet me here mm-hmm. and that also takes patience right because I think there's a lot of divine timing at play and I'm not saying that we can't be creative and be productive and be like in, you know, that guru in waiting, but we can literally ask creation to find us in any way. Like um, creation finds me in my dreams. Creation finds me um, with my kids. Like when we are so divinely present in play with our children, that is, that is 
that for me is something so mm-hmm. um the the creations like you're playful you're willing to play with with the field of creation like are you also playing in the creative realm like are you writing the poetry are you doing the coloring like for myself Indy's beautiful because she's a a projector she can see when I've my energy's a bit stale around my creativity she will invite the whole family at 7 a.m in the in the evening and we will all color Gary's also very creative and she (laughs) make us all color and it's the most simple yet the most rewarding because I'm putting myself in that frequency field of creation so Mm -hmm. like how are you putting yourself in the field of creativity yeah and as as a mother like what a gift our children are for our creative ideas like in the present so when you're so present with your children and with your life that's when time dissolves resistance dissolves you're not hunting for the next thing you're not thinking about strategy or anything you're just there right you're in it and because everything kind of dissolves away all of a sudden you're, you're flowing in and out of this energy and yes then things arrive and that's when you then have to deal with the confidence of okay can I now take yeah. this and, and do something with it right but um I don't think anyone's exempt from being able to receive ideas and I'm sure anyone listening to this has a has a handful already yes. and just knowing that like our children are only guiding us closer to that not pulling us away from it and if ever we're feeling stagnant or stuck, go like play with your kids and like get into that space of don't be a supervisor. Don't make sure that they're happy and healthy and fed and then leave them to play on their own. Like get on your hands and knees and growl and play and like, <laughs> you know, like get into it with them because, oh my God, the beauty that can be birthed from that space. And if anything, at least you'll feel more fulfilled, in, you know, in life. Totally. Um, what what to do then when you've got like multiple ideas then coming in? Because that's something that, and I think we'll get a little bit into human design in a second because I feel like that will marry with this. But <laughs> I'm someone who gets like so many ideas. Yeah. And then I'm like, holy moly, what do I focus on now? What do I put energy in? How do I know which one's more pressing? Mm-hmm. How do I know if an idea will wait for me? if it's something that I'll be able to access later or if I'll get like, what if I change my mind in three months, how do I know where to commit? Like, so how do you work with multiple entities at once? Yeah. That's a really great one because obviously that's what I do on the, 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 the daily, like working with different people's entities. I can actually feel it in other people's um, bodies where there's a little bit resistance and they're still downloading it themselves. Like the portal closes for me. And then I have to say to them, I can't connect to your creative entity. You need to go and connect to it. So it opens the gates again. That's Mm. been really fascinating. Um, So when you've got many entities, I would definitely um, say that just ask. I reckon as, because we're generator types and we'll get into the human design stuff, like there's a big response, right? Like, so I've got a couple ideas that I'm sitting on at the moment and I truly just sit in the room space, again, like getting wildly present. And um, I literally take a piece of paper and I just write down everything from each idea. And then what I do is I just leave it for a couple of days and see which idea actually brings me back to it first. So um, that again is that response mechanism in a, in a manifesting generator and a generator. It's like, what is, what is called like a manifesto? What, which one is calling me into initiation? Mm. The projector, which one's really, really looking at my genius, right? Mm. It's, it's, I reckon time 
in out of the head or the channeled feeling on paper or writing it down like that's why a lot of people just write down all your ideas script it all or you know like get it out because mm-hmm. when it's out it's now in the 3d right it's not only held in the ethers and in the body it's now out so mm-hmm. then when it's out so like Kat, do you have like do you have these ideas written down or that are they still swirling in absolutely i i literally just have a big i go to the post office and i get a big a3 piece of art an mm-hmm. art book and i do a big like I call it like a heart storm, but it's like a mind yes. map, you know, yes, yes. of each one. And I do off all the tangents and I just keep it safe in this book. And a lot of them, I never revisit again, to be honest, mm. but it's just like, it's almost like this relationship with an idea that it knows that if it comes to me, it can trust me because yeah. I'm going to do something. with it. And even if it's just put it in the book and if I don't do something with it and someone else gets the same idea and goes for it, like good on them. Like, you know, that's the nature of not owning an idea. Right. But there's this element of definitely having to put it down in. And cause then also sometimes I revisit it a year from now and notice how multiple ideas actually tie together in one. And that's what I'm experiencing at the moment. It says these, all these little patches of ideas that I've had over the last two years. And for the first time, they're actually all tying together now because I was patient and I, I was like, and I was, I think I was saying to Britt the other day, but I think you'll be able to re- relate to this as well. I found my old habits pre-motherhood was to get an idea, act on it immediately, act on it yesterday, like literally get it out into the world ASAP. Yeah. Whereas now I sit with them and I just really pay attention to my body's response because being a generator, I'm just, I'm almost flirting with the idea and just like, okay, like how are you making me feel? Because I don't want to act from lust right now or this like honeymooning with an idea. I really want to sit with like this depth and this this deeper vulnerability of myself in relationship to this idea, right? Um, and by doing that, it's actually like seeded itself and it grows over time. And so I find like I used to get an idea within a day and the whole entire idea would be there. I would see it from every angle and then I'd go and execute. Whereas now it's like, oh, it reveals itself to me over months. Yes. And it's and it still is revealing itself to me. And that's a whole different process for me to learn how to relate to my creations in that way. But it's like there's this gestational period. And so to relate back to what you say about ideas literally feeling like your babies, mm. you know, birthing an idea, I'm assuming it's like birth and postpartum for an idea of that vulnerability whiplash when you kind of put it out into the world. Yeah. And you know, it's something, something to also tie in with the process of the ideas is, you know, we have a mama blessing. Like we really prepare for being in that creative portal. Like I love creative, like rituals or ceremony, ceremonial creativity. Mm -hmm. Like when you've got all of these ideas, sit with them in ceremony. I know I'm not going to hype up the spirituality bit again, but it, it brings you back into that artist's way, that presence, ceremony, opening the portal, allowing it to speak to you. And you'll see which one speaks to you. And then you'll go, okay, I'm going to pull you and I'm going to sit with you maybe. And it might come as a rushing, like the other day, like with that one creation, like came rushing through me. I did it in a day. Mm-hmm. And but it's been preparing me like Wildfoot Creative was not born on the 27th of January, 2022. It was born literally. I remember 26 years old. I created, I went freelance in design 
And I was like, I don't want to work for anyone ever again. And then all of my fears and my conditioning pulled me back into an agency. And that is when Wild Road Creative was born. I just needed, like you said, there needed to be a maturity in carrying a creation. As is with motherhood, like there's a reason why there's nine months to, to gestate and carry a baby. It's because our whole lives and our maturity and our emotional being and our nervous system has to hold the idea. So sometimes there will be big initiations before we even move into the creation. Like I know I do... Um, Brittany Eastman's designs and I literally when she sends me something I'm like oh shit I gotta hang on because every time I work on something it's an initiation and I'm just like Brit slow down I'm like I'm constantly initiated into her creations because you know I'm that conduit so whenever again like because my calling is to work with people and brands that elevate the frequency of the world. There's so much refinement. There's so much maturity. Like I'm struggling at the moment with my nervous system. Like these ideas are really big with each woman that I'm working with and being a mother and being a partner and being a home manager and, 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 and I've had to now create a very step-by-step -step practical way to hold creativity. So mm -hmm. I'm like getting a sitter for Willow. Um, I'm making sure Indy is well attuned to whatever she's enjoying at school that she's enjoying school you know Gary I'm like calling on him more like if I've got meetings or bonfire sessions I'm really lucky that he owns his own company his own plumbing company and I'm like mate can you be here for an hour and a half while I take this and I'm really like black and Brits um podcast last week was like I'm willing to get inconvenient for my creations and again mm -hmm. like the creation now knows that it can trust me to come through but it also knows like when you work in a realm of so I'm not just a designer I'm not just designing things and I have a nine to five I'm also in the energetic channeling space so you're nourishing my body and be going through those deep melancholy dips as well has been a big learning for me in the last couple of months was I can't always be in the height of creation I can't be creating all the time I'm not a machine mm. and then you bring in the spiritual realm and you bring in the creativity I and I have an emotional wave in human design it makes beautiful stuff. It's really deep in its creation. And I have the gate of humanity in human design, which is gate 36. It's just gone through a massive transition. So then we're playing with astrology and gene keys. And then we, we're like, okay, cool. We can make all these things, but there also needs to be a, a, a very big moment of rest mm. and melancholy, like deep in the melancholy lately and honoring mm. that shadow of creation. That creation is joyful and it's, it's beautiful and it's it's um it's enriching but also to know that the shadow of creativity does have a melancholy side and to be okay with that mm, and that's huge for so many mums who feel yeah. like they've been creative in their lives and have wanted to put things out there whether it be a coach or an artist or creating Anyone. programs or like literally any form of creativity and I'm very much an advocate for entrepreneurship and creativity are the same they have to merge they, merge. <laughs> they have to they have to um and so many mothers and I was I sat in this literally from April last year through till almost now like since we made this move over east mm -hmm. I was in that melancholy I couldn't yeah. even write Instagram cap captions right like but that's such an important breath as part of this and it sounds like when you're speaking to me what I'm hearing is that you have a, a reverence and 
an honoring of the sacredness of the creative process because you understand that an idea is going to initiate you into who you need to be in order to hold it from an energetic perspective, your nervous system, even just from a mental perspective. Like, do I have enough understanding and can I see enough of this idea to even do anything with it, right? Yeah. So, so you have that reverence for the process of the initiation that an idea will take you through, or let's say in your case, one of your clients' ideas. Yes. Um, but then also you have a reverence and a sacredness for everything you need to do to attune the rest of your life to be able to hold creative energy. And I think that that's so important as a mother because, or for anyone, but as a mother specifically with this podcast, Because if we go all in with ideas and let everything else slip, we can't hold anything. And so in order to be devoted to our creativity, we have to be devoted to our family life and our home life and our nervous system and our nourishing our body. Like they're not all in separate boxes. They're all weaving and moving between each other. No. And, you know, like I think something I had to really break with, break up with recently was balance and consistency. I think um, mm. I just dream life where I was like, I'm going to be the creative and the girls are all going to be at school and the dinner's going to be amazing. And I'm going to have time with my, with Gary. And, you know, this, we, you, you live in this world of like, it was, it was wildly um, sad and painful for me in the last couple of months because I was like, started this agency. I finally found my genius. Okay, life family we're all on we're all on and like willow's going through the biggest initiation of her life indy's fucking not sleeping gary's like the busiest he's ever been and my nutrition went out the window you know and but yet i was so deeply fulfilled by the creativity it didn't mean i wasn't devoted to my family there was this pain point where i'm like oh my goodness, like, is anything ever going to work out? Like, is it always going to be this hard? And I remember saying to myself the other day, I'm like, I'm just going to break up with this balance and consistency thing because it's just put this good girl mentality on me and I'm not here to play that, but I'm here to create space for my family so that we can all, um, so I can thrive. Mm -hmm. Because when the mother thrives, the household thrives. Like, I hate to say it, but like, when, when the mother is thriving and is satisfied, and they they see there's this magic that happens in the household. It doesn't matter how messy the house is, doesn't matter um, what time you're eating. Like the mother is happy, and and the kids are happy because they can feel that energetic. Like we we're talking before, like the kids are so close to their mother still. Like they can't see them. You can't see themselves just yet, you know. Mm-hmm. So when Will, Indy sees me being creative and not needing the house to be perfect, and that was something that really came conditioned from my mom was like the house was always perfect. And so I couldn't be creative without it being messy. And the house being messy meant that creative creation couldn't be done. And so when the house is messy, my whole conditioning just goes on to overload. And uh-huh. now there's a space where I'm like, I've broken up with this balance and consistency. And Brittany Eastman says that we, we come into harmony. As long as my relationship with Gary is good, doesn't matter how many date nights we've had in the last three months, because I'm prioritizing the growth mm. of wild folk right now. Yeah. And I love that you bring this point up because it's literally within the messiness of motherhood that yes. mothers can create the most beautiful totally. works of art. And we can't wait for it to all be perfect. We can't wait for us to have the candles lit and the office clean and, you know, 
no toys on the ground and you know all all the ducks in a row because we'll be waiting forever oh thank you for bringing up your toy exactly <laughs> if, if anyone's listening she just pulled up a mickey mouse which is sitting by her feet um, with the crystal quartz next <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true and it's like how many times are we waiting for it to feel like this um well for me it reflects to me what my maidendom was like because mm-hmm. pre-motherhood I was right into like I would set up the ceremony space and I'd have four hours in there oh. and it was bliss <laughs> and I am like jealous of my past self sometimes yes. I won't I won't lie but I know. what I create now yes feels like there's an entirely different depth that I would have never have been able to touch if it wasn't for motherhood. So I love that you bring up that we can't wait for it to be perfect and just create in the mess and the chaos and just like clear a corner of a table, light a candle and go for it, you know, pour yourself a cup of tea or a cacao or a chai and go for it because it's, it's a new relationship and we have to move through that portal and allow the old ways that we've related to our creativity to die. And, and I guess, okay, so this is a great segue. Okay, cool. so we're talking a lot about how you and I relate to creativity because I'm a general so anyone who's new to human design highly recommend go check out your chart so you can relate to what we're we're about to be talking about um but I'm a generator though I feel a lot like a manifesting generator so constantly having multiple creative projects on at once Mm. dancing and flying between them all Uh, they really fuel me but I have to be living in response to them so if I get an idea I'm I immediately tune into my energy body how does this make me feel how does it make me feel tomorrow how does it make me feel the next day okay cool I still have a lot of energy for this let's go and and that's been an art form in itself is understanding my personal blueprint with creativity and my work And I would love for you to maybe possibly just go through the different types and what you see for each type in regarding, in in regards to how they express in the world and their creativity and that sort of thing. Yeah. So with, with manifesting generators, it's very much a variety of ideas can stream in. And like you said, it's, it's really checking in with the body and going, okay, does, is there a response? Is there a contraction or an expansion? Is this fueling my energy? Is it giving me energy? And I think each each energetic type is fueled energetically when they're doing something in creation that is of the self. You know, it's it's it does fuel you. Like I see projectors when they're in creativity, it is a fuel of self. But what I really love about projectors is um, so projectors is to wait for the invitation. And I really do see that with some of my projector friends where they are romanced by a particular word or a particular creation or a particular pain point in their industry, you know, and they go and they, they really start to unravel it from the other. Like I never see it about themselves. Like it's, it's generally um, the other that they see. So um, they're initiated into being, going through that as well. And, and so it might not always necessarily come as a straight up invitation from, let's say a client right. being like, Hey, can you do this for me? No, but it's, um, so how would you decipher the invitation from a response? Yeah. Really, a it, you know what? It's really, it's very interesting that you say that because for waiting for an invitation and a response in the body would feel different, I reckon. So, and I'm not a projector, so I don't know. Like, I know when I see Britain, I 
um, doing things like Brett will have that download of a word or a, or a, a, a particular idea and she will just go with it. She knows that that's right. Where like generator types in response, like it's a physical response, like feel like really feels in the body, like the generator and the manifesting generator. And then if you've got the emotional wave, it's like, are you in the peak of the emotional wave or are you in the low of the emotional wave? Like you said, it takes you a couple of days to get into it. Where like someone like Brit, who I see like download, like she, she like the creation just comes to her and she does. She sits and waiting in receiving, like constantly in receivership and that invitation of the word or the invitation of the idea or the, the you know, a client asking, can I give your, get your perspective on this, then spark something. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's like, we can be go, go sitting at a beach and it could be like, we really want you to make sand art or like, you're like, oh, sand art. And then you're like, mm, let me feel into that. Where, where the invitation would be like some little kid coming up to um, a project and going like, oh, do you want to come and make sand art and going and doing the thing where we are just in response to the whole environment. Mm-hmm. Hope this makes sense. I, I do, do yeah. the invitation and the response can be quite similar. Yeah, and it sounds like they can be subtle too. So like a projector doesn't need to sit there and wait for literally this big invitation into a different work or career or an idea. It can be subtle in the way that life works like a like you said a client being like can I get your perspective on this and then that sparks an idea and then it sounds like someone like Brit runs with it because yeah. they trust that that is the invitation so let's yeah. go whereas for me it's it's an offer so mm. then do I accept or not because the projector is about seeing the other so their service is to the other their service mm-hmm. is to empowering guiding the other so a lot of their creations for the other through themselves because they're the guide right because they are the they are the seer they of things Mm -hmm. you know like they can see me like brit sees me in a way that i don't see myself Uh uh-huh can help initiate that in me and call a response where like the generator manifesting generator is really fascinating because for a generator manifesting generator to be the happiest is to be a service of to themselves first Mm -hmm. when they are in their biggest joy and creation is when they are doing it for themselves Mm -hmm. because you see a lot of generators and manifesting generators especially mothers that are manifesting generators and generators that are just living their lives for their kids the whole time and there's zero fucking satisfaction in doing that you know Mm -hmm. and then their creations are not for themselves because they've been so um, conditioned into creating for the other or creating not for themselves but you look at some of the deepest and most satisfied generators and manifesting generators the creation is for them first mm-hmm. and then when the creation is done it's for the others to see to totally. bring that magnetism for people to be like I can do that too you encourage that in others uh-huh. and you see it in the in the kind of personal development world in business and entrepreneurship at the moment where the whole idea like there's this there's this glorifying of I need to be in service to yeah. others, right? My my work needs to, I like to help people, et cetera. And I mean, like most people feel good when they help people. I can understand that. But something I noticed for me is when, when I was more focused on helping others, I lacked fulfillment for myself, which yeah. is very interesting. And it's not because I didn't want to help other people, but I wasn't running it through myself first. Yeah. And so my shift recently has been, I literally just was like, what do I want to attend? What would I want to listen to? 
what event would I want to, what would bring me joy to go to? Okay. How do I make that? And then trusting that by creating it for myself, it is therefore in service because there are that many others who will want to be a part of that, but it's like, it's still in service. It's just the other way around. It's not, how do I be in service? And then how do I make that enjoyable for myself? It's what would I want? And then how do I put it to me? Yes. Of service to others. That's the attract. That's the attraction, right? Yeah. And trusting that in that, that exact, um, like just for a generator, the essence of who you are is your service to the world. Exactly. And your deepest satisfaction is the magnet to bring Mm -hmm. people into that field. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then manifestors are really fascinating. Um, All of, I would say, three of my clients are manifestors and their creations hit them like a ton of bricks, right? It's that initiation. Um, You watch like Peter Kelly, you watch her like, just like boom, 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 boom. It's like, it's a, it's like a storm. It's like, and then there's deep periods of big rest for them because I really um, look at manifestors like the prophetics, like they just like, this is the vision. This is the prophecy. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then you move on. Like they have to get it out of their system. It's chosen them. Um, it's it's big energy stuff. Like three of my clients, it's just like, like I said, when I'm connecting to their field, the field is urgent. It's mm-hmm. like this this is this is this is the energy of this creation you need to go and do it right now when my generator clients are like yeah I'm winning I'm feeling it out like da, 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 da. um mm-hmm. so manifest- I noticed that in Tully actually because he's a manifester as well and something I see in him is that he needs to create the thing and then outsource as quickly as possible because his energy for it will be limited so he'll have big energy for it but then he needs to bring on a team ASAP because his energy will dwindle. So he doesn't have that same natural consistency as someone like a generator would have. Yeah. You know, totally. it's very pulsy, very mm. pulsy energy with a manifest. And I think as manifesto mothers, I see a lot of manifesto mothers trying to do it all. Mm. And I, like, I'm just like, you're not here to do it all. You are here mm. to inspire the vision and the creation go and outsource the graphic design. That's why all my clients are, are manifestors. They're outsourcing me. They can do it. <laughs> totally like go it and I know like money is a thing right when you're at home with the kids and like if you can't financially do that you do need to find ways to support yourself physically while you are doing the creation but Mm. go and outsource a graphic designer go and outsource a web designer go and outsource a new nanny you know like make sure as a manifest you have the strength to hold the vision and the creation and drive it but let, let the manifesting generators and the generators who hold the same vision with you and feel it in their bodies help you do it. Yeah, and that's a great point as well because it's like, well, who do you, let's say, employ or or say do an exchange with or whatever creative way, have interns, whatever you need to do to create a team. But who is your team is also important. Yeah. So if you're yeah. a manifester, you're being the visionary, right? Like you're um, paving a new path in humanity. Mm. But because your energy is pulsing, do you, do you gather your generators who have more of that consistent energy to support you? you know? Yeah. Totally. Team building is such a big thing as a mother because we're told, you know, from get-go, we, we have to do it alone. And 
what I'm realizing about the community that I'm with now is like, you, we can't do motherhood alone and we can't do business alone. Yeah, we mm-hmm. can go do our individual business and our entities, but like each of, each of us have our own genius to add to the fractal line. That's why we have fractal lines. Fractal lines are basically the, the energy we bring to a community or a business or a, um, a hub of people that we, for instance, I'm a line one, I'm the creator. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm here to create. And then like, for instance, Brit's a line four. She's the networker. She shares my stuff. She introduces it to a network. Then I get more clients. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, I don't know what line you are, but you know, there's there's so the line, the fractal line in which your friendships are, go and have a look because we're here to play to each of our strengths, but we're also here to create like this, this infinite circle of, of reciprocity and community and support. Because we can't do it alone as much. It's beautiful that you're saying this as well, because it's just bringing home the fact that we each have such a unique blueprint and it's beyond just generate a manifesto. Yeah, totally. All of that. It's like, even in your line, like, you know, you're a creator. Brit knows. It feels like Brit's here with us basically right now. <laughs> I should, we should have just interviewed her. I was like, we should, we should have brought her on. Like, Brit, you're stolen half the shit we're going to talk about. <laughs> totally but it, it feels like you know if she's the networker so it's it dissolves that need for comparison in our creative work yeah. because the quicker you can honor your way the the more joy and the more it's all going to unfold so beautifully you know totally and the more that it's shared in the joy right like joy is bigger biggest shared when it's in a community not in, on, on your own that's why it's so fascinating when you see a lot of women the, the new the old school way of doing this like hammering the sales hammering the marketing doing everything themselves on the fucking verge of a breakdown and you can't celebrate that woman because you're like I can't even hold you to be there for you and mm-hmm. I can't celebrate the one because I don't know how much initiation you've just gone through to get to birth that creation mm-hmm. um yeah so, so we we chatted briefly projector manifesting generator generator reflector yeah Yeah. reflectors are beautiful you know like they are one percent of the world and Mm. um, i know two projectors and oh reflectors do you mean reflectors sorry reflectors sorry two reflectors and um they are very interesting human beings they mirror the community that they're in so like the health of a a reflector is generally shown in their emotional landscape or their physical landscape like if they're ill all the time or if they're emotionally sad or angry they really are mirroring what's happening in the community and what I've seen with a lot of reflectors they carry a lot of happiness or or melancholy and they use that in in uplifting their community or reflecting the community so a lot of reflectors that I know or the two that I know are space holders like our ceremonial space holders mm. um, to help people come into that that creative um creative presence so that for me is how i've seen reflections doesn't mean that right or wrong i don't know any reflectors that are artists or or um designers but i do know them as space holders to hold for the other energy types to be present to get to know themselves again to 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 take like i know um one of the girls that I know, she she holds a lot of breathwork sessions and mm. that is her service is to help people unblock the humanity in them to move forward into the pull of creation or the pull of, um, of just getting to know themselves again because of the conditioning that they've gone through. So I really feel the reflectors 
like artistry is helping people come back home to themselves to be the artist to be the creator mm, yeah that's beautiful yes yeah so then if we were to simplify the five types in the way that they are to let's say relate to their ideas and creativity you would say the generator is to respond what brings me joy put myself first and then into the world that is your service yes the projector is to wait wait for invitation and then yeah I'm gonna let you take on here (laughs) wait for the invitation and fully trust that it sees your genius like it recognizes you so to be recognized by the creation for the genius and the guidership that you will bring that creation Mm -hmm. like again that thought that that creation trusting your skill set to bring it into life and to to just go for it and And so I would guess then it's important to sit with yourself and know what your genius is in the world and that be a process in itself as for a projector yeah I think a projector because they see the other so much it's to know how you can guide and see others like what is your specialty in in being with others and like I know um with a lot of my projector friends they ask really good questions because they ask help me reflect in response to myself so projectors ask really good questions they they see the other in a way that we don't see so like a projector like ask the creation questions Mm. let it let it let it back and forth with you um the manifesto is to initiate and to initiate means to really trust whatever's dropping from the creative realm into your body that makes you fully like like initiate um manifestors remind me of like a big wave it's like it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming the tip of the wave and then it's just like the vision just washes over everyone it catalyzes change catalyzes action and others so trust that 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 like build-up of initiation Mm. to to really wash over others and and to be at the peak and then be in the rest of the, the wave and then yeah the reflector is um they um they they have no authority they work with the moon and so by authority this is a human design term oh yeah, Not, sorry. yeah. <laughs> authority is the way how you can make decisions and see your strategy of your of, of how how life comes to you or how you are in response to life so a reflector is um they don't have they wait 30 days with the moon so any big decisions for them is through the moon um so i would really say as a reflector like really getting um real with the way that you are dealing with cycles in your life because emotions are cycles people's are, are cyclical and the moon is cyclical like really move through the cycles of your creativity and see how it attunes to the people and the moon and, and the way that those could be bringing creative ideas through like you know every 30 days that you have a really painful period or you know mm. um that that you know just really getting real with cyclical living and then seeing what's reflected in that and an idea will emerge. Mm, that's beautiful. Hey. Yeah. That's I, awesome. Reflectors are fascinating. I don't know too many of them. I haven't watched too many of them, but when I have met them, they're, they're, they're just beautiful human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know one. She's great. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I think that that's like a really good beginning point for a lot of people with human yeah. design. And if anything, would urge people to go and like take a deeper look at their chart and actually go and, yeah. and see where 
tweaks can be made in the way that they do life and business and motherhood and everything. Cause like it unfolds into our children too. Like something that I found really fascinating a while ago when I, when I realized that, you know, each of our children are going to have a different human design to us. Yeah. Which means, and obviously each of our relationship with each child is going to be different, but they can be very intrinsic and very unique. And it's really beautiful to like harness our energy with our children. It means we're going to be doing different activities speaking to them differently, recognizing them differently. Like Rafi's a little projector, right? So every day I'm making an effort to really like acknowledge who he is beyond just his behavior, you know, like, like I very rarely acknowledge his behavior necessarily more just like who he is as a person. And um, whereas then my relationship with Tully is he's the manifesto. So I'm like, fuck, I got to give him some space to go and create. <laughs> and then like, as a parent though, I'm like, but I want space to create. And so there's such a balance and understanding where everyone in your family's at is really helpful. And to know like, okay, Rafi really needs one-on-one time. Like that's really important for him. If Tully and I are both in creative surges, it's, it's hard for us to really be with him. And it takes a lot of effort to switch off from our creativity and go into him but that's where now we're having conversations okay is it time to bring in a nanny even if it's literally two hours every second day like it doesn't need to be extravagant but so that I know that Rafi is getting that one-on-one because it's really what he needs yeah Um, you know inviting Rafi in like inviting him into creation as well like with Indy because she's a projector when I'm designing I say come pull up a book come and create Mm -hmm. Um, but I do agree like space is very pivotal for both you and Tully but like with Indy she's creative and I know she's creative so I pull her into my creative surges as well Mm -hmm. I love that as well including your children in the creative process like and obviously there's time and places right but like as a as a everyday thing because I like you know even just you saying that I'm like oh yeah like I don't invite Rafi to like when I'm playing with him I do but when I'm working like you know especially if I'm just typing up notes or something it would be so easy to be like do you want to come do some drawing while I do yeah. this you know like do you want to come do some work because he's like yeah I want to work like mom and yeah, dad let like, me work. <laughs> you know totally so that's really lovely that you mentioned that as well um okay so I do have some other questions here I'm just okay. seeing if any um relate to what we've been speaking about um oh actually that yeah go for it I just want to preface the human design stuff I think um human design and gene keys are just beautiful modalities to explore being in response or having an invitation like I don't think Personally, I don't think creativity sees a design type or anything like that. I feel like it just, you are it. I'm choosing you. The way in which you digest it, receive it, explore it, and move it Mm -hmm. is dependent on potentially human design. Mm -hmm. You know, like whatever works for you. But I feel like when you are in energetic correctness, it will flow in more harmony but Uh I just wanted to preface that I'm glad you did though because you know especially with these conversations on creativity you know we're we're unpacking it but it's not designed to be unpacked no you know like creativity is wild and just this you know it's gonna do what it's gonna do but it's it's sometimes fun to explore these different aspects but to never like be rigid we can totally use some processes to get us into the receivership Mm -hmm. creativity but yeah I just wanted to say like if you don't receive like a projector that's totally okay yeah totally no I'm really glad that you brought that up um okay so basically with your background in design and advertising we're kind of going back but not you know um what did you notice in the industry 
that wasn't a yes in your body like you didn't vibe with because obviously that's a really big industry in the world like it's we're constantly being designed and like advertised to like yeah all through social media now especially but on our computers on our tv like walking out into the world it's this constant advertising going on so what did you notice in that industry that you didn't vibe with and also for those who have businesses and creations now that they're wanting to market to their audience because I feel like this could be a perspective shift for how we go about that as well Mm. um and therefore yeah for someone now wanting to market themselves wanting to sell what do you feel is really important for them to consider moving into this space of more intuitive business yeah perfect I, I would say be willing to disrupt the current industry of advertising and the way that it's structured. So it's very masculine. It is not built on the mother. It's not built for the mother. It's built on that mad men, nine to five, don't have children, can go out, can do cocaine every night. Like to, like very, um, you know, it's very masculine. Like the advertising world for what, you know, the creativity in that world is like, it's super masculine. And you look at creativity, it's a beautiful dance between masculine and feminine where, what I felt when I was working in, in agency life was I could never just be that creative and pursue my creativity without it being a nine to five, climbing the financial hierarchy ladder and never getting to the top because there was always a man at the top, you know, and it was always like this choice of do I, I can't, I can't have babies and be in advertising. I had to choose. So be willing. So one of my really big, um, sayings for coming back into the industry is be willing to disrupt the industry and remodel in the way that suits your life and suits your lifestyle and suits your children because it will work be willing to fuck off anything that is not in absolute alignment with your body because like for instance a really good example is like the way that things were presented or strategized and proposed to a client doesn't work for me in the way that I work now and listen I do understand that you get big like there's 15 people working for you you know it's just a couple people you know at wild folk you know and I outsource a lot of I outsource where I need to not that I've done that yet but um be willing to disrupt the industry and with the marketing of being creative like make sure that it's so heartfelt and that you are putting things out there that are showing people and letting people in on the process on how you are creating the thing or being with the creation because people are, you know, like when someone says to you, oh, he has, he has a, he has a beautiful crystal and you're like, oh, this is a nice crystal. But the story behind the, the crystal, I found this crystal on a beach. Like really get comfortable with your, the way that you are storytelling. And I'm not saying fibbing, like you're not fibbing, you're not lying, um, but really get in touch with the way that you are telling your story as a brand. Like, is it, is my brand's aesthetic? Is my entities aesthetic and the way that it speaks and the way that it's texturized really honoring it am I really honoring my creation and I ask wild folk that really often I said am I really honoring your energy to be like no you're fucking burnt to the bone this week like you need to rest and I really listen so we're like back in agency life would be burnt to the bone which would mean you're doing a good job like it's a good job you you bent over backwards for that for that client they're going to come back where it's like, do you have strong boundaries with your clients? Like really honoring the way that you have set up your life and how you want it to do. And there'll be refinement. Like to disrupt an industry means to do something, hate it, and then change it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots about the industry that I've really not enjoyed, but there are parts of it that I've inherited and adapted and made it beautiful. And one of the biggest things that I would say, if you are an artist or if you are in branding or marketing is to care, like the machine of the agency life and marketing, it's like spit out one, do another. Like you think about ads on TV, it's like one after the other. No one fucking cares. Like when one is showing and there's no care Mm -hmm. to any of that process. A lot of how I stand with my clients and how I work is I care. I really care about them spending the money. I care about the creation being loved on and held and put through the process that is 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 human. Like I'm a human being. I care for my for the creations. Like a mama. Like like we were saying. Like I care. It's not just I'm pumping it out so that I can make money every month. It's like this money is in full reciprocity to the creation. Mm-hmm. and the clients so that reverence is honestly a lot of reverence and I don't feel the advertising world has reverence for the creations that it's creating it's just full 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 capitalism mm-hmm. um, yeah so it's, it's a really like and maybe we can go into that a little bit like for most people we've been brought up in this world so by default we accidentally have capitalism within our mindset right And there is this idea that more money equals more security or, um, you know, like how many can you sell out your programs or how many clients can you get? Like there there can be that energy. And I really feel like there's a huge shift at the moment happening for a lot of people where that's just not that important. It's like, okay, well, like, and it doesn't necessarily mean that service has to be the main thing either, but it, it is more about fulfillment and enjoyment and sitting in our creative genius rather than what's going to make the most money for our niche audience right yeah so how are some ways that people can go about uh deconstructing that maybe accidental capitalist mindset Mm -hmm. that has been implanted because it's not necessarily our truth but sometimes we accident you know especially when let's say someone's stressed it can we can go back there right so how do we deconstruct that bit and move into a different energetic with what we're making I think um, <laughs> I think a big thing that came up for me back in the day was there's something called Africa Burn, like Burning Man in um, America, was um, if you were to just exchange your services, if there was no monetary value attached to them, if it was just, I will design something and you will do this for me. And it was a very, there was reciprocity and um, prosperity in the exchange. Would you still do it without money? And I feel like that's a really good way of deconstructing if your genius is really, well, what you're doing is really for you. Because if you would do it, because I would create regardless of how much money I made, I would still be in creation and design things and think of ideas and shoot ideas, even if I wasn't earning um, money, right? So that's a really good way, I think, of understanding that it does it give me the deep fulfillment and does the person on the receiving end feel like there's been a, a um, fair exchange and that that is how I've been looking at it like so when I work with a client I'm like I'm not only like okay it's ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or three thousand dollars I don't look at it in monetary value I'm like okay number one is this someone that's elevating the frequency of the world will I learn something and will this bring me deep satisfaction um does this person's energetic field click with mine and that's why I never say yes to a client the day that I meet them Uh, that's why I'm always mulling on the 
the person went. That's why I have bonfire sessions is to sit in the field with them and to see if we're aligned. And doesn't mean if we're not aligned that I don't want to work with you. It just means that it's just not for now. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, like get really honest with your genius. Would you do it for without the monetary exchange? Number two, like, does it bring you deep satisfaction? And number three, are you willing to, to make mistakes? And then I think sometimes when we want that capitalism is like, you can't make mistakes. You've got to make the money. It has to be this exchange. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to, to, to say, this isn't my genius yet. I'm growing in it. I would love for it to be a space and offer it at a space where you're like, okay, this is how much I'm going to offer it so that I can learn as well. So, um, like be willing to learn a new skill set when bringing on a client because you can feel it in your body as a full response. Mm. Yeah. I love how simple you just made that as well, because like there's so many things we could unpack, but you just brought it down to like, okay, well, you know, if, if the money wasn't a part of it, would you still do it? And then to bring people home to those inner questions on fulfillment and soul and heart and then do the work to be okay with making money from something again, right? Because yeah. I feel like people can go out, out of capitalism into this energy of like, okay, well then I guess everything needs to be an exchange X, Y, Z, but forgetting yeah. that you still have to support your family at this stage yeah. in, in life. For most people, it's realistic to still need to pay bills and look after a family and you still want to thrive, you know, financially. But it's it's about like being honest with what a creation is here to offer you as well. Because some creations aren't supposed to make hundreds of thousands of dollars and some totally are right so to be be in honest communication with what that creation's wanting to uh gift as well exactly totally and I think yeah I I obviously missed the like I had to get really comfortable because I was like on a hundred fifty thousand dollar paycheck I had to get really comfortable with it not having to make money in the space of because I was in such a high earning space that I'm like I'm not gonna make $150,000 overnight by just starting my agency right now so I had to get really mm-hmm. in a space of being satisfied again but now it's like now I'm in a space where my, where I work in the intuitive field in a design field and with my experience yeah like it it's I'm not a $70 logo making company mm-hmm, not, totally yeah um, so getting comfortable with that dance between valuing the exchange charging mm-hmm. your worth but not overcharging and getting yeah. comfortable with loving what you do because there's nothing more satisfying than working with a client that you bloody adore and love and the creation is amazing and you're earning mm-hmm. you know an amount of money that feels really prosperous and delicious mm-hmm. totally and it's important as a mom to really sit with that too of um you know like acknowledging that your time and energy is worth even more because you're a mom yes because because it's time away from your babies at the end of the day especially if you're needing to get a sitter or your partner's going to be home with the kids or whatever like it's it's really honoring that time because I feel like when I became a mom like any bullshit stories I had around money and time and my value just disappeared and dissolved because I was like I show up for this and it needs to be worth it yeah beyond just like some personal satisfaction as well like I need to know that I'm able to to provide something for my family or be working towards my vision yes. quest because yes. the alternative like you know I'm, I'm being away from Rafi for that etc yeah the impact and the time the impact has to be significant mm-hmm. in the time that you're away from your kids yeah totally 
Um, so I know that you've got kitties to get back to and so do I. So I'll ask just um, two more little questions. Okay. So first one being, what is a big vision on your heart right now for you and your family? Mm, big vision at the moment is to potentially come over east mm. and buy a beautiful house over east that has an extension of potentially a beautiful studio or a space for people to shoot in and create in um yeah yeah very pepper heart like i'm totally vibe i don't know if you guys know pepper heart. I, like, I don't yeah, but yeah you will love her um yeah, so to buy, come over east, um, buy a beautiful house, and then obviously extend into a beautiful studio and be in creation on our property. Mm-hmm. And another big vision of mine is to go over to Peru and source a whole lot of folklore stories from the woman of Peru to bring into a type of textile back into the western world to tell a story that we need to be told mm. um so i'm just waiting for the world to open up for that one but yeah, yeah. with my big visions at the moment yeah oh, beautiful well i'm very keen for you to get get your booty over here <laughs> i know i can't wait <laughs> and then last one is if you were to speak to all creatives especially creative mothers right now is there something that you would really want them to get? Like, what is the thing that you feel like would tie so much together for mothers? What would it be? I'll give you a moment to um, feel into it and respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I would say just stop denying the need to be creative. Like you're, you're, you're a human being, you're a creative, you're born as a creation. So stop denying putting off, excusing, trying to make everyone else feel comfortable before you pursue being creative. So yeah, stop denying that inevitable creativity inside of you. And if you're feeling like there's no space or depth, just get wildly present in making it a great excavation to finding your creativity again. Thank you, I love that so much. And it was such a wonderful time to talk to you today. I feel like I love that this podcast is just giving me these amazing DMs with other mamas, like <laughs> kid free, just get to get to all the juicy stuff. It's Sorry. living my best life. So thank you so much for your thank time, you Jenna. I'm so appreciative of it. And um, what you're doing, my darling. Oh, thank you. Okay. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da.